Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to the Sound Logic Podcast, and today we are discussing album number 59. Oh, we're getting so close to number 60. Uh, this one is Talking Book by Stevie Wonder. And it's great to be talking about Stevie Wonder again. We've already re- reviewed two of his albums. Yeah. And I'm I'm kind of excited, not as much about, for me, listening to it, although I do love it. Uh, I know that Stevie Wonder is an artist that you have really grown very fond of while we've been doing this project. So I'm just excited because I know it's he's one of your favorite artists and, and has become one of your favorite artists through this project as well if, if i'm not mistaken so uh so how's it feel to be listening to another stevie wonder album yeah that's a uh a great question um before we get to stevie <laughs> though i had an even more pressing question on my mind and that oh, okay is, uh get back came out just a few days ago have you already consumed the almost nine oh. hours of beatles no, I, I haven't. I've watched the first part. So oh, okay. two and a half hours. I've watched the first part. Watched with them. Um, had our friends uh, Rob and Steve over. We watched part one on the weekend. And actually my kids joined for a bunch of it too. So oh, it, it was really fun. And it's one of those things where it's accessible to just about anybody. Because you just watch yeah. four musicians hanging out and making music. And hear just some regular conversation but it's also got a lot of things for the for the beatles fan who knows about the music who knows the background because they not only are they making music from uh the let it be album and many songs that would be on their abbey road album but also they play stuff from their early career like why don't we pull out this song fellas you know from the quarry men or they pull out stuff from the from the late 50s old blues stuff uh and cover it and they're just jamming and then they you know they play bob dylan stuff yeah even some stuff that winds up on the next album on abbey road and yes. some stuff that doesn't make the cut that winds up on george harrison's solo album like that uh, yeah it is wild yep. to just see all of the creativity flowing at once i'm 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 glad to hear your kids liked it my kids Came and came and went over the three days that I was watching. Sometimes they stayed for a while. Um, sometimes they said this is boring. Uh, sometimes they found it really fascinating. And the sort of climax of the film, the concert on the roof. I think the whole family sat and watched that. And uh, hey, no no spoilers. Uh, <laughs> well, you should know that that's what this is all coming to, right? Uh, I do. I, I'm, I'm mostly um, joking. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. It, it's I'm glad. Uh, it's been fun to to go through that journey. It makes me want to do a whole podcast episode uh, talking uh, through some yeah. of the details and, and notes and things. But we'll save that for another time. Yes, Stevie Wonder's talking book. Stevie Wonder. <laughs> Stevie Wonder. <laughs> I don't know if you can see my camera right now. I'm holding up the LP of this particular album. Uh, I'm really excited tonight to talk about it. But uh, often when we have an album where I really love and 
the material there, I don't have much to say beyond it's great and I like it. So I'm I'm not sure how far this will go here tonight. Uh, if I'll have much to say, but um, uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, and maybe can, details can you hold, is a good place. Can to you start. hold it up again? Your video froze. I want to see it. Oh, nice. Awesome. It's it's awesome. not a, a I I looked ahead in your notes here. Um, I was fascinated by this note that the some of the original covers had braille on braille. Them. Yeah, I, I wanted and, to ask uh, you, and this one does not. We're listening to uh, our friend Rob Jones. His parents had a copy. We were listening to it the other summer when I got my record player, and I, I want to go back and borrow it again see if the braille. Yeah. So that doesn't. So it must have been just limited, or maybe. Um, Ah, maybe just a certain pressing, but yeah, very interesting. We'll we'll come back to that, I guess, before yeah. we get ahead of ourselves. Should we do just some details? I think that's to, a good place to, to start. kick it off, and then we can get into some of that great stuff. Yep. Details, 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 details. So, Talking Book was released October twenty eighth, nineteen seventy two. We're coming up on fifty years. We're just past forty nine years, so almost fifty years. The whole album was written by Stevie Wonder. Uh, a couple tracks were written by, uh, or sorry, co-written by Yvonne Wright, which was one of his uh, common writing partners through his career, and uh, his wife at the time, Cyrita Wright. Um, no relation; they were not related. <laughs> um, they each helped with two different tracks, but he's the the main writer and the sole writer on most of them. It charted number three in the U.S. Uh, that's on the pop charts. Went to number one on the U.S. R&B charts, uh, and number sixteen in the U.K. So not quite as high in the U.K. Um, I think that early that early seventies Motown era was still was popular in the U.K. but still much more popular in the U.S. Um, sales to date, uh, the one website I went to said six million. Not too shabby. A few notes on the album. So what we saw. This is moving into Stevie's more prolific era. Uh, this is, uh, it's important to note, this is his 15th studio album. That's now, in the wild. early 60s, yeah, it is crazy. I was talking to my family about this tonight at dinner. Um, we often think that Stevie Wonder is a lot older than he is because when he started in the early 60s, he was, he was a boy. He right. was a, you know, a preteen um, and releasing tons of albums as uh, Little Stevie. And then as he got older and into adulthood, then he started really branching out with his music. Um, and this is really getting into the prolific era and getting in. This is 72 and 73. You get inner visions and then into 76. Um, and I'm skipping a few along the way. Uh, Songs in the Key of Life. You know, those are the other two albums we've reviewed so far. Uh, so this is kind of the near the beginning i don't want to say the beginning but near the beginning of that era and you really hear that in the music we see stevie wonder uh enjoying some more artistic freedom from motown they gave him more freedom you hear that in the diversity of the music and also the guests that are on the album you have uh saxophonist david sanborn jeff beck fam famous guitarist from uh, from the yardbirds joining in you have you have other musicians that weren't necessarily with him or with other Motown acts joining yeah. in here. I'm glad you pointed out that uh, that at age uh, I think yeah. he, uh, Wikipedia says he was born May 13th, 1950. So he's 22 and 22. releasing his 14th album. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's just wild yeah. to think about. Like it's that. crazy. And he's not even mid-20s yet and he already has that no. money under his belt. 
you know, and and the maturity in the music, like, yeah, my goodness. Yeah. Um, but he had been doing it, you know, for a long time. Um, yep. He released this after he toured with the Rolling Stones in '72. So also, I think you know, I don't. I'm not saying that I necessarily hear that rock influence, but I think you're getting a. He's getting a lot of experience and influence with more and more musicians, mm-hmm. and tons of exposure as he tours. Um, and, and what you mentioned, so the original pressings, and I'm not sure how many, but they contained braille lettering of one of Stevie Wonder's name and the album title. And a message, and I'm not sure where this is. It doesn't. I couldn't find out where it is. Is it on the front, the back, the inside? I don't know. But the message was: uh, Here is my music. It is all I have to tell you how I feel. Know that your love keeps my love strong, Stevie. Lovely. And that was that. Yeah, beautiful personal message to his fans. Hidden there, I I think hidden, unless it was right on the front. There's a bit of a gap at the bottom, so I don't know if it was there. But I'd love uh, if you if you're listening. Send us a message, a voicemail on Anchor. You can go to our site on Anchor, where we distribute our podcasts, or on our Facebook page or Twitter page. If you have a copy of this and know where it is, uh, let us know. Um, or take a picture and post it. That'd be great. Looks like a few Google images uh, have it. It's up in that top um, brown band. Okay. Uh, right next to yep. his name there. Sure. Um, that makes sense. Which is kind of neat. It looks like maybe some other spots. I don't know that it looks like maybe the back back the album too as well um, had another little message maybe the title on the front and the message in the back I don't know something like that yeah I'd love to hear I think especially if you are someone who is visually impaired and reads braille like wouldn't that be fascinating to be a fan of Stevie feeling like you've got that in common and know that they've gone so far to include that would be just really yeah Yeah, that's a really good point yeah that should bring us to the uh, to the cover, yeah, a lot of earth tones, brown tones, browns, oranges, uh, yellows. There's a like a dark, I'd say brown or maroon, dark maroon. It's more brown, really. Band at the top and the bottom in kind of, I want to say, orange or peach. It's hard to tell. Lettering, <laughs> Stevie, Stevie Wonder at the top, talking book at the bottom. And that same color is a line framing a picture of Stevie sitting kind of reclining uh on like a a a hill like a a sandbank almost with grass he's wearing a a, it's actually i looked it up it's indian east indian garb like a kafta and uh he's got his hair in cornrows and he's kind of looking down at the at the earth and he's got his hands on the on the sand bottom left corner you see tamla that's the recording company or the record company rather yeah which i guess is a a subdivision of Motown? Is that right? Because he's still signed to Motown here. Yes. Yes. I don't exactly understand why the differentiation, but all of his albums, uh, the three that I own, the three that we've talked about at least, have that on the record label rather than Motown. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a subsidiary. Okay. But it, I think it was pretty much synonymous with Motown. I see. The cover depicts Wonder with cornrows wearing Indian jewelry and a velvet kaftan. Which I guess is the robe he has on. Um, pretty relaxed, but this is a. If you look at the previous albums that he did, you know this is a much more mature, uh, grown-up image of Stevie. You know, you had the kid with the with the smaller afro, with with shades on. Uh, you know, no facial hair here. He's got you know he's got sideburns, bit of maybe a mustache, goatee, 
cornrows, hair and cornrows. He looks more grown up. Yeah. And I think that's seeing him move kind of into, you know, adulthood. You know, because once you once you've done fifteen albums, you know you've you're, you've grown up. Yeah. <laughs> Middle age by then. Some yeah. of our favorite some of our favorite bands we've been listening to since childhood still aren't even close to that, eh, Ben? Right. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Coldplay Coldplay just did their tenth after over twenty years. Yep. <laughs> Is that right? Their tenth? Ten or eleven? Yeah. They're not there yet. Nope. Not there. <laughs> Uh, we got uh, we got ten tracks. Um, opens up with a pretty familiar one. You are the sunshine of my life. That's a song I know very well. Yeah. I didn't know all the songs, but I know that one. This is an album where side A and side B open up with really big hits, right? Yeah. Because uh, you know side side B is superstition, another just massive massive song, very recognizable. Um, that's uh, that's part of the the formula, right? You open you open your you open your sides with like really big hits just to yeah. grab people, <laughs> right? And you make sure you put a good enough song at the end of the side to make them want to turn the album over yeah. or start it over again. Yeah. The end of side A has to has to be good, otherwise they won't flip it over, right? Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, and I think that sort of falls into play here. Um, it's interesting. I uh, maybe not so much with you've got a bad girl at the end of side one, but. <clears throat> the third most listened to, at least by Spotify's standards, the third most listened to song is the tenth track, the final song on right. side B, to spark your interest in continuing to play the album. Before we talk about some of the music, should we pick our favorite tracks? Because that usually comes up anyways, and put on our <laughs> Spotify <laughs> Spotify playlist. If you're new to this, we have a playlist on Spotify. It's called Sound Logic Favorites. We pick two tracks from each of the albums we review, and we put them there. So it's quite an eclectic mix at this point. Yeah. What would you pick as your favorite Ben, or or a song you want to represent this album? And then we can talk more about about the music. Yeah, it's hard for me to choose a favorite, but I think the <laughs> the song that has surprised me the most in this particular album, the one that uh, I felt myself being moved by. Mm of the ones that weren't radio hits that I had heard before is the final track. Uh, I believe when I fall in love, it will be forever. I don't know why, but the chord progression in that song's chorus gets me every time. I don't, I don't know what it is about that <laughs> order of notes, but I'm just, I'm swept up in it uh, whenever <laughs> I hear it. And it's, um, it's really moving. I re- learned recently as I was starting to do a bit of homework for this conversation that it's the fade out song on high fidelity um the movie oh. about uh, someone who's a little too obsessed with with albums so maybe <laughs> in my teenage years when i watched that movie for the first time maybe it stuck back in my subconscious somewhere and and that's why it like strikes a chord with me when i hear it but um yeah that's the one for me that i think I'm amazed that it's not more well known. I guess is maybe how I would put it. I, right. I understand why superstition rises to the top. I understand why you are the sunshine of my life kicks off the album. Um, that one just feels like a gem, kind of tucked away uh, for whoever makes it to the end of the album. <laughs> yeah, and it's rare that such a you have a powerful song right at the end. Um, but yeah, no, it's very good. What's your pick? 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I got to go with superstition. Okay. I can't think of a time listening to it that doesn't put me in a good mood. It's it's a great yeah. track. It's I love the um the intro. I think it's the the clavinet he's using, you know, and he does that on a few of his songs and like uh higher uh from Intervisions Higher Ground. Yeah. That yeah. Clavinet. They have a very um, similar vibe, don't they? Yeah, right? It's just that powerful kind of slightly modulated sound mm-hmm. um to start very powerful uh line there so no i love it i like it yeah, maybe it's cliche maybe it's overplayed but i still love it it's fantastic <laughs> it's really really good and uh and just jumps off the album too like uh it's not surprising to me that um we have such some significant uh highs and lows in terms of the plays on this on this album it's not full mm. of of as many hits as um songs in the key of life or or even inner visions for that matter but um yeah you've got superstition that's that's more than 500 million listens and then a lot of them are sort of (laughs) hovering between one and two million uh, right yeah (laughs) yeah no it's um that's big hit i hear on the album different you know different influences you know definitely the motown you get the r&b soul but also like a little bit of country creeping in like big brother has almost a country western sort of feel to it um uh-huh the guitar picking i don't want to say that that's necessarily because of the time he spent with the stones but but you you hear to me it feels like an album where he's experimenting not in a bad way but just experimenting with his sound and what he can do and yeah. then that leads into some of his later albums when it's really like just doing a lot of different things yeah even even the sound of looking for another pure love has a kind of smooth jazz sound but that's mm-hmm. one of the tracks where he pulls in jeff beck and yeah there's a, you can kind of hear him quietly shout out something like play it jeff in the guitar solo <laughs> during that song and like one of the things that we were astounded by when we've talked about Stevie Wonder before is that he just plays everything and often yes yeah. done on his keyboards that they they're so they're such a good keyboard that he's able to replicate the bass the guitar lots of other sounds he's opened himself up here a little bit to say no actually it would be kind of cool to get a renowned guitar player to to do some soloing here on this right particular yeah track and not for me to just fake it as good as that is to, to do that here now, I recognize, too, that this album comes before the two albums we've tackled. So <laughs> maybe he heard Jeff and was like, yeah, you didn't do it well enough, Jeff. <laughs> I'm going to do it next time. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's cool how the genres do do shift around a little bit. And, and the mood of the album, too, I think. Not just the genre, but there are some more quiet... Not, they're not ballads, um, but... Uh, anthemic kind of sounding mm-hmm. songs including the final track uh, as well that aren't like the upbeat superstition higher ground kind of tracks uh, it, it is it is a bit it is fairly diverse for an album that's only 10 songs 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I like that you mentioned that he plays everything. Big Brother, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he he's the only one. It sounds like a full band, but he played every instrument. The <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All the you know, the keyboards, he did the keyboards, the clavinet, the the bass on the keyboards, played harmonica, played the drums, the congas, percussion, sings. He, it's like yeah, I got this one. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do this one on my own. <laughs> it does feel related to um, Intervisions and Songs in the Key of Life. Uh, I don't know if it's mm-hmm. just that, yeah. that era of time. They're, they're fairly closely uh, released, right? Like all within, within, within four, years. four years, something like that. I think 72, uh, 73, and 76, respectively. Okay. Um, yeah, and I think... Uh, l- lumping in i think music of my mind is the other one that we get to tackle on this list so those four albums really are um this i don't know kind of pinnacle i guess of his musical creativity musical genius and i think because of that they all sound somewhat similar as well too like like their siblings i guess there's definitely there's definitely differences but i press play on on any of those three and it feels feels like a kind of similar vibe um which is not the same as some of his earlier stuff like science science sealed delivered feels like a different yeah. version of stevie wonder absolutely yeah yeah music of my mind came out earlier the same year that this came out okay and then we get inner visions and then later um songs of the key of life uh, yeah i hear i hear tastes of those next two albums inner visions and yeah songs of the key of life on this um to me, when I listen to Intervisions, it's more—it's much jazzier and way more complex. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, think even the opening track, like just just so technical, tons of stuff. Um, and then songs of this, uh, songs in the key of life, is just this magnum opus of <laughs> just tons and tons and tons of music, with all sorts of different sounds and styles and messages. Um, yeah. and, and you really feel like this is building up to to that. Although it, it certainly has a life of its own as well. You know, it's it's got it, it stands on I, what I'm trying to I'm not trying to belittle it in any way. It does stand on its own for sure. Mm-hmm. We we haven't really talked about how how it came into our lives. Is this is this one that you knew of before or that you had listened to before we started this project, or is this one that you? came into after we started listening to stevie uh through doing this list i got really immersed in intervisions right and for some reason felt pretty content to just stay there uh mm. thought like it mm-hmm. is perfect i don't i don't want to hear something else by him and realize it's not as good so i'm just oh. gonna stay here and then we got to <laughs> songs in the key of life and i was like there's a double album that's just as good. Oh my, like, wow, this, you know, overwhelming <laughs> feeling. And that kind of opened the floodgates a little bit for me in that sense of like, oh, wow, maybe, maybe I'm just a fan. And <laughs> there's some other stuff here I really should check out. I, th- I think when Barry Taylor was on uh, talking about the Sex Pistols, uh, I was, I was kind of in communication with him during that time and noticed a post of his on Instagram or Facebook where he highlighted this series of albums from Stevie's bit, sort of 1970s career. And I think it, in his mind, it was actually like a few albums before the ones that are on this list and a few albums after. It was like a string of six or seven albums. And he posted mm. something along the lines of like, 
you know, we don't give Stevie Wonder enough credit for the absolute perfection of this block of albums. And I like my yeah. eyes got big and I was like, oh my goodness, there's way more here for me to tackle than I even realized. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, all that is that's a long and winding journey. But when I started collecting records early in the pandemic, I had some albums that I bought along with my record player that I knew I was never going to keep in my collection. So I took them into a local store uh, for some trade in credit and found this particular copy of Talking Book there for looks like it was six bucks. Yeah, so it was one, I was keeping my eyes out for Intervisions and Songs in the Key of Life, but I saw that and thought, oh, okay, I think that's about the same era. Let me pick that up. So I think vinyl, this is one of the few albums so far where where vinyl was my early earliest play or one of my very earliest plays for this album. That's really cool. I'm not too far off of that. I think it was the summer before the pandemic, so 2019, the same year we started this, and... I got a record player as well, and my buddy Rob, who we've had on the show, he said, my parents have a big a big collection that they don't listen to. We should go and go through it. So it was actually really fun. We went over there one evening, and we kind of dumped them all out on the floor and went through each one, just looked at it, and, and they sat there too and kind of commented, oh, that's, you know, we saw this band here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like really early. So like, I've never heard of them. Oh, they're a big folk act, Canadian folk act in the late 60s. And, you know, like just really crazy. And his mom in particular is a big R&B Motown fan, like huge. Um, and I didn't know that. So we pulled out and Rob in particular pulled out Talking Book and said, oh, yeah, we got to listen to this one. You know, it's got superstition. <laughs> so we uh, he came to my place one night. We went through a bunch of them. And this was one we sat down and listened to. Um, I think that was the first time I listened to it in full was on vinyl on, on his, his mom's copy. So okay. um, I haven't listened to it since, although we listened to other ones, but I, you know, came back to it in the last few weeks. And it still just blows my mind the the, the size of his uh, catalog mm. is a little overwhelming. And I think you've done it. <laughs> I think what we've done, I think, I think you've got the right idea just little bit by bit and i think starting in this place of this kind of mid-70s you know intervision songs the gear life talking book and music of my mind and kind of moving out from that i think is maybe a good way to do it because you get some of the more familiar yeah and move out from that to to maybe some of the less familiar you know moving into maybe into the 80s and 90s or going back towards his uh, earlier career which which is a very different you're right you mentioned earlier a very different feel a very different stevie mm-hmm. Um, because he was Um, that was a really special moment to be able to sit with with Rob's parents and just go through you get to know a person in a different way yeah when you can sit and go through their music collection (laughs) because it it really you know it's how we express ourselves you're not going to buy music that doesn't contain a little piece of who you are Uh, (laughs) I've had albums in my collection that don't really reflect um, who I am or who I am anymore, and I've gotten rid of them because they're yeah. they're not really a part of a piece of me anymore. So, right. um, yeah, it was it was a really special thing to do. <laughs> that makes me think. I was uh, talking with some some friends recently, and their parents happened to be close by. We were talking about this record buying habit that I've gotten into, and mm-hmm. they were kind of chuckling, saying, "Oh, we used to we used to collect uh, albums as well. In fact, we've got tons in the basement that we never listened oh. to." <laughs> I bet there's nothing that's really worth a whole lot. And 
said, you, you might be surprised. And I, I mentioned that I was getting a little frustrated that I was unable to find a copy of Joni Mitchell's Blue for, you know, less than 30 bucks or something like that used on eBay. And, uh, and they're like, oh, I'm pretty sure we've got lots of Joni Mitchell in our collection. So <laughs> I didn't want to push it at the time, but it's made me think, man, I got to go back to their house and maybe... Uh, <laughs> Oh I yeah, you you got to peruse that. <laughs> you could at very least borrow something, if not, you know, make an I offer. I didn't get the sense <laughs> that they were like these records are a waste. We're uh, we're never going to use them. It was more like yeah, someday we might return to them. So I I, I don't want right. to like push if that's the case, but yeah, um, yeah, there may be there may be something here locally that I can do some <laughs> do some digging. Yeah, <laughs> this is a point where I was afraid of getting. <laughs> where I don't know how else to express my appreciation for the t- all that is Well, you here. said that like at the beginning, just, too. I just really it love just it. It just feels like a well-crafted album. I don't get to a track where I think this is boring or not something I want to listen to and skip it. I will say it's it's uh, not as complex or varied as the other two albums that we've already talk- talked about. It feels a little bit more accessible. And, and not necessarily saying that's a good thing or a bad thing, just that... I think I find myself wanting to return to the other two a little bit more because I feel like there's still something there that I haven't quite got to yet. Whereas this one feels like a really well-made album that I appreciate when I listen to and, and that's enough. Um, there's there's nothing wrong with that. I, I found uh, Inner Visions um, much more challenging to listen to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and th- that's, not, that's not a negative at all. In fact, for me, that's very positive. Yeah, uh, to say that this, I agree with you, is much more accessible. Still, very there's lots of substance there. Uh, yes. it's yep. it's very very good, but I think a little more accessible. I agree, and and you can see it as a precursor to to Intervisions. I remember even the first track of Intervisions, uh, "Too High," just kind of just kind of blowing my mind open with just how much was going on. You don't really get that here, which um. Which is nice sometimes, you know, just to, to kind of just slip into something that's just very comfortable and easy to listen to. Um, and I've got lots of time for that as well. Maybe then, Ben, we spend, you know, we spend just a little more time on the kind of the relevancy and the position then. We just move on. Yeah, and I think before we, we get we there. We have to rush through uh, that. We're, okay, yeah, I think that's ahead. a good idea. But before we get there, I do want to uh, encourage a listener who maybe hasn't pressed play on this album before to find yourself a good system or a decent set of headphones and really savor the stereo of this album the first track in particular i i was blown away this week when i started to do a bit more work at my laptop and listen to it with headphones on because the the main piano part i think this is correct i could be it could be the producers playing with my head a little bit but i think it's doubled up and the left side is just a split second ahead of the right. And the right lingers just a split second beyond the left. And so you get this like kind of wavering uh, left, right, left, right, left, right stereo mix of the piano all the way through that opening track, You Are the Sunshine of My Life. A very familiar song, but just hearing it through your radio or um, when it comes up on Spotify, on whatever you know mediocre speakers you... <laughs> consume music on these days you're not going to get the depth of that uh of that track and i think there are little nuggets like that hidden all over this album because of how much instrumentation is there and how much stereo mixing intentional stereo mixing there seems to be as well yeah that's a really good point this is one of those albums yeah you definitely want to listen to with headphones or good speakers because there's so much going on 
and and yes the producers have have really crafted it to to really give you a, a listening experience and i'm glad you brought up uh you're the sunshine of my life i i forgot to mention when you first listened to that did when the first vocal started, did you go, "Oh, Stevie sounds different here"? <laughs> did you, did you think that? <laughs> oh, oh, no, no. Um, yeah, I, I think I get that song. Um, uh, what's the song where he's uh, washing his kid in the bathtub? Is that? Oh, that yeah. Like there's a, a playfulness to you are the sunshine of my life and a back and forth that almost reminds me of that like really down to earth really yeah. homey kind of sound um but it's not too surprising that is, there is, other is that uh, isn't she yeah. isn't she lovely i think that's right yep no um because the first vocal on on the opening track here is not stevie yep um yep it's he's got another male vocalist who takes that first line there's a female vocalist i've you know, obviously get that. It takes the second line and then he comes in later. But I remember the first time hearing this, going, like, oh, I know this song very well, but I don't remember his voice sounding like this on this. And then going, oh, that, that's because it's not him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> first yep, part. Yeah. Well, that, you know, we've discussed the music. Uh, let's move to some of the next points here. Question we like to ask. And this, this music, I mean, well, maybe I'll just ask the question. So is it relevant? I mean, it's Stevie Wonder, right? So almost automatic i feel like it's almost a stupid question to ask but this is 50 year old music so what do you think ben is this is this music still relevant i mean stevie is certainly yeah in a lot of different ways what about this album um this is a tricky one because i like it so much um Mm -hmm. i i want to say that it still feels relevant because of you know, a lot of, especially R&B music being created today still has echoes of, of this kind of sound. And, that, and, you know, we've talked before mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. folks who are still trying to, to emulate this sound. When we talked about Star Time, I think we talked about something okay. in like James Brown's music that even though we can tell it's dated, there's still people trying to emulate his yeah, passion, sure. voice, even style, mm-hmm. sound and I think that's true for Stevie Wonder as well. I think because his music is just a little bit more recent than, than James Brown, it holds up even better. There's definitely right. moments where the instrumentation feels sort of dated. I, yeah. I, would, I would point to um, Tuesday Heartache, maybe in particular, as like just the, the kind of keyboard sounds on that track feel like 70s. Uh, in a way that the rest of the album does not. Um, but I love it. And it's hard for me to say that this is irrelevant because of that. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I think its relevancy is still is still pretty strong, uh, especially because of how incredible of an artist he is um, in, in general. I like what you said. I think if there was one thing I would have mentioned in this segment would have been what you said is the, the instrumentation. And I think, you know, that's that's technology and time and all that stuff. You know, yeah. he's would be, if he was releasing more music today, he would be using more modern instruments and technology. And remember at the time, and certainly as we moved to Songs of the Key of Life, he was using cutting edge technology. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the synthesizers and, you know, ones the size of, you know, your kitchen uh, <laughs> was like the cutting edge stuff. I think that's the main thing. Other than that, yeah, like you think about a track like superstition and people still still doing stuff like that today trying to emulate that sound and it's very popular think about an act that's really popular this year is silk sonic this is uh 
Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack have created this kind of collaboration super group. And their stuff is all funk and soul and R&B. And it's like very reminiscent of, of older stuff. And and certainly it's it's not, you know, they're not trying to be Stevie or any one person, but it's a culmination of all those sounds from the 60s and 70s and 80s rolled into something that's both modern and fresh and also nostalgic uh, in how it pays tribute to the older stuff. And I think people can really, really really get down with it today too like it's yeah. not just you know they're making music and the the 60 year olds are going oh that reminds me of no like the young kids are loving it too so i think that's a really good example of how this is this is relevant of how people very popular successful artists today are still making music like this so yes 100 percent, yes yeah. yes yes okay i should have been more passionate <laughs> i kind of i kind of waffled a little bit there for no for... no no but but you know what the but the instrumentation is hard for me on on different artists we've tackled like you know what the music the structure the composition even the vocal is good but but the instrumentation like for for me a big hang-up is uh prince's sign of the times like i just get so hung up on some of those 80s uh synthesized sounds and drum machines they just they just they're not my thing and that was really really hard for me to really appreciate the great musicianship and songwriting on that album because of the instrumentation that i just don't like yeah um yeah and that can be really really hard to be able to to move past that and i think there's a bit of that here i think um like his harmonica playing on a track like uh, big brother you don't really hear stuff like that today uh, you might hear it in some jazz music um harmonica jazz music which is like really specific niche <laughs> yeah um, but you don't you don't hear it in pop music so you know, there's a few things but but i think in general it's it's uh it's still really part of the of today's musical zeitgeist yeah so given all that this comes in at number 59 so it's still top 60 it's the third and we'll we'll touch on this later it's the third stevie wonder album on this list yep and it's uh, we should mentioned this time it was number 90 in the first three iterations of the list and now is 59 so it's bumped up over 30 spots so what do you think is that position sound logic should be higher lower why don't you start us off there i love that it's here i'm surprised that it's here and i i will mm. admit that my mm. stevie wonder awareness has been pretty terrible up until taking on this project and so um it's all somewhat surprising to me i didn't know how great this music was and i don't Mm. i'm not in circles where i hear people necessarily talking about the greatness of stevie wonder and this album in particular has less radio hits than the others we've talked about so right yes i'm surprised that it's this high i Mm. i'm not Mm -hmm. i wouldn't be surprised if it if it fell a little next time although you know we've seen especially african-american artists uh, artists with a lot of historic influence rise on these lists and and, mm-hmm. um, and maybe his name will continue to be elevated as people will recognize uh, or are more aware of this era of his career um, right I personally would would love to place it in my own personal top 20 probably um, it's well deserving it's just a bit surprising I guess to see it to see it here yep again I, I, I'm gonna echo those things I, I agree with that I it doesn't have the hits. Um, it's 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 not a bad album. It's a good album. Maybe not as recognizable start to finish as some of the other ones. The songs that 
our hits on this album are monsters. Yeah. You're a sunshine in my life and superstition, just monstrous songs. You know, they almost yeah. overshadow the rest of the album. I don't mind the spot. Maybe it could be a, even a little high. I, I, I do like it. Like, I, that's a, I'm having the same problem you have. I like it. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I'm not like, oh, this should be here. I, I think it might not be his best or most successful album, but it's still a really important album yep. from a really important artist with yeah. a couple absolutely incredible songs. So I, I think that's good. I think it makes it makes sense that the other two are ahead of it because I think they're really kind of the pinnacle two of the two of his greatest, kind of the pinnacle of his career, I think is safe yep. to say. And this is the precursor to that. Or at least one yeah. of them. Yeah. So yeah, it's okay here. I mean I, even if it was down closer to seventy or eighty I think would be fine yeah because it still has good representation and stevie as an artist has good representation in the top 100 which is appropriate so yeah i'm i'm fine with it here i couldn't i wouldn't see it too much higher but if it was lower that'd be fine too a little bit yeah yeah and we keep referencing all these other albums so we we always like to talk are there other albums on the list there we've already done two of them songs in the key of life uh was 57 and now is number four on this list so that went right to the top almost um inner visions which is the album that comes right after this chronologically that was number 24 that dropped a bit actually down to 34 which was interesting Mm -hmm. because that's such a powerful album uh but only 10 spots down and then this is talking book was 90 now 59 and then one more again as we mentioned from the same year as talking book Music of My Mind. Now that was 285 and now is number 350. So that dropped hmm. um, <laughs> six, 65 spots. So no, my, no rhyme or reason. I don't know. Are you, <laughs> are you, are you joining me in that theory? <laughs> I <laughs> let's hold that thought until we get to music of my mind. And then maybe we can, sure. we can, uh, we can stir yeah, the conspiracy like theories again. <laughs> seven years from now. Yeah. Right. So only four albums. In total, on the list from Stevie Wonder, we've already done three of them, so we got one more, but that's going to be in a while. So, uh, any other closing comments on Talking Book, Ben? No, I'm really glad this music is in my life, and uh, <clears throat> I'm I'm wondering where the journey will go next. I uh, I've I've started a few of his other albums. None of them have like completely jumped out into my life the way these three have. But right, yeah, I haven't really. And sat down with them too intentionally. It's like while I'm doing other housework or, or something like that. So um, sure, yeah. Maybe I need to look for a, a an eBay lot of Stevie Wonder LPs and uh, just get a couple of extras to to continue to play them and and see where I go from here. That sounds like a good plan, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maybe we'll see each other in a few weeks and we can uh, trade some albums. Oh, that, can... <laughs> that'd, that'd be good. That'd be good. We'll take a trip to the local record store. Yeah, ooh, um, yeah, now we're ooh. talking. <laughs> so that's it for us for this week. Yeah. Ben, what do we got coming up next time? Number 60. Number 60, um, which is a benchmark. We've talked about this a couple of times, but this is where the new uh, list came out. Surprised us when we were done yeah. with our first 60 al- albums on the 2012 list. So this is a mile marker for us. And yep. we're into some uncharted territory. Um, before we get to 61, though, we're going to revisit... 
a review that we've already uh, had. This is uh, Astral Weeks by Van Morrison that comes in at that spot. And then um, shortly after that, we'll do one of our favorite tasks and we'll reflect back on these 10 albums and, uh, and do our, our um, re-ranking episode. But uh, we hope you stick around for those two things and um, we hope you continue to be well. Take care of yourselves. Take care of those around you. And we certainly hope you'll join us next time right here on the SoundLogic Podcast. Thanks for listening and take care, everyone. If you like what you hear, subscribe on your favorite podcast app and write a review. Send us a message at our Facebook page, on Instagram, or through our SoundLogic Podcast Twitter feed. Thanks for listening.